This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Ruth chapter 3. Now, I've been on this for months and months. We just keep adding a little bit each week. As you're turning to to Ruth chapter 3, we all have what we call life-defining moments. And oftentimes those life-defining moments are our open book tests to our life. And so, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Everything big started small. So even if it looks like baby steps, don't despise those days, okay? And so I highlight this. Here we are in the book of Ruth. Uh, what you're going to begin to see tonight is some comparisons. And I believe you'll fit in these, but this lady named Ruth was from a nation called Moab. Right now, that would be modern-day Jordan on the other side of the Dead Sea. Now, if you've never studied the, the Moabites, they were birthed from an incest relationship from a guy named Lot. So again, man, when you come from Moab, people look and say, ooh, they're, they're wacky, man. They're from Moab. So this woman named Ruth that we talk about here, not only was she a Moabite, she was a woman, she was a widow, and she's going to a country that she knows nothing about, except that she had, had followed her mother-in-law who loved Father God. And Ruth said of Ruth 1, she said, where you go, I'll go, and where you stay, I'll stay, and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. So she knew something about God. So we go to Ruth 3, verse 1. Then Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security or rest or protection for you, that it may be well with you or well with your life? Now Boaz, now understand this guy named Boaz, is a shadow of Jesus. He would be defined as a redeemer. Keep reading just with that thought. Now Boaz, whose young woman you were with, is he not our relative or our redeemer? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall, uh, you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. Now, when we see this, what they're talking about, to go and, and get at his feet, this not only was the robe of humility and the robe of honor, but in Israel, this was a custom or a law, and, and the servant was always to lie at their master's feet. This was a sign of what she was doing. Now remember, she had gone into Boaz's field to glean, to get food to eat. So she goes to his feet. Keep reading. Verse 5. And so she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. Now she heeded what her mother-in-law said. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful... He went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and she came softly, uncovered his feet, and she lay down. And I begin to look at this. 
she goes to his feet. I don't know if you've ever seen this biblically, but feet are very special to God. It's incredible how many times things took place, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, when people would get at the feet of Jesus. Now, I'm going to come back later on to, to Ruth 3. Go with me to, to Luke chapter, go say Ruth 3, go with me to Luke 7. Luke chapter 7. Now, in that sense, again, remember, Boaz was a shadow of Jesus. And so you're going to begin to see some things that actually took place with the Lord Jesus. Ooh, let, let, let this get on the inside of you. I, I don't know if you've ever spent much time at the feet of Jesus. He'll do something within you. And just bow his feet in worship. Sometimes it's very significant just, just to sit at a feet. You know, the Bible says, be still and know I'm God. Sometimes it's just powerful just to sit at the feet of Jesus and just soak in the things they have there. Luke 7, verse 36. Then one of the Pharisees, this was a religious man, in their custom he would have been viewed as a man of significance. He asked or invited Jesus to eat with him. Jesus went down to the Pharisee's house and he sat down in the city and he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, who was a sinner, one translation says she was immoral. The Amplified says she was a specially wicked sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in that Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Now, I want you to get this here because this woman wasn't invited. So she chose on her own to go to Jesus. Just as Ruth went to Boaz, this woman said, I'm going to Jesus. i got to get around Jesus. Now, remember in this thought here, this is a woman was an incredible sinner. And it bears witness with me. I'm like, oh my goodness. Watch what happens. Verse 38. And try to get the picture of this. And she stood at Jesus' feet behind him weeping. Just weeping at the feet of Jesus. She began to wash his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. And Jesus didn't stop her. Jesus didn't rebuke her. Jesus didn't say, get up. Why? Because to me, this, this was one of the greatest forms of lavish devotion or gratitude. Now think here. This was a woman. 
In Jewish culture, women were considered second-class citizens. This would have been viewed as a no-no, but it's always interesting to me, it didn't bother Jesus. And if you study the New Testament, watch how many times in the Bible Jesus would go across racial barriers, gender barriers. It didn't bother him whether Jew, Gentile, male, female. He welcomed everybody. It didn't bother him. So it shows how grateful she was, how appreciative she was. I'm going to paraphrase some of this for time. This religious leader, he's, he mumbles to himself and says, if he were really a prophet, he would know what type of woman she was. Duh, Jesus didn't know. Jesus knew everything. And I like this tonight. Sometimes we have the thought that we may be like Ruth of Moabite. We may be like this woman here who's an incredible sinner. And we think, man, I, I, I could never be in God's house. Like, God would never want anything to do with me because my past disqualifies me. But the truth of the matter is your past is what qualifies you. Jesus said, come on, come on, whoever, how you are. So don't, don't let these things stop you. Now, same chapter, pick up with me in verse 47. And Jesus looks at her and says, Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven. Now it's incredible that Jesus said her sins which are many. He knew. But it didn't eliminate her. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Now, when I, I look at Jesus' words right here, she didn't try to hide that she was a sinner. She knew. And, and I think Jesus loves that when we come before him, just as you are. He knows what he's getting. Remember, he's the same one who said, I, I didn't die for the, the well. I died for the sick. Verse 48. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now, can you imagine what that meant to her? But what about you? And sometimes I, I, I get in a, the presence of the Lord. I begin to thank the Lord for how much he's forgiven me. Man, I just begin to weep. I just weep under the presence of the Lord. And some of you say, man, I've never weeped before God. Ooh, you don't know what you're missing. Ooh, that's, that's it, Cliff. That is good stuff. So he said, your sins are forgiven. And those who sit at the table then begin to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith is saved to go in peace. So her faith was demonstrated when she got on her knees and she was saying, my faith is in him. He's Lord. Wow. Incredible, huh? Her act of humility. You know, uh, years ago, there was a man who, who went into the continent of, of Africa to minister. And he was at a church in Kenya. 
And he said, I, I was sitting with this pastor. And he said, as the service started, he said, people would just come down and some of them would bow at my feet. He said, right there in the service, some of them were taking off my shoes and, and pulling off my socks. And he said, they would wash my feet. And he said, others would begin to kiss my feet. And he said, I looked at the pastor and he said, I, I don't like them doing this. I'm just a man. And the pastor said to him, you're not just a man. You're the man of God. And he said, you've got to understand this. They're not doing this to you as a man. They're doing this because they see the gift of God within you. And when you honor the things of God, there's always a blessing. And something happens at the feet. Turn a couple pages to Luke 10. Luke 10. Verse 38. Now it has happened as they went that he entered a certain village, Bethany, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. There you go, there's another woman. What's up with Jesus? And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his word. She attentively absorbed every revelation he shared. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Modern day translation is to say, girl, you gotta chill, okay? But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which not will be taken away from her. And so as I read this, what was the good heart of the good part? She discovered the most important thing was sitting at the feet of Jesus. You want to cross-reference, just turn to a couple of pages back to Luke 8. I want, I want you to see where this takes you on this. So this woman named Mary, she knew. Man, my life is busy. There, there's things I need to do, but the first thing I need to do, I've got to get the feet of Jesus. Luke 8, verse 35. Then they went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man whom, from, uh, from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Let, let me ask you something on this. When, when's the last time you've been at the feet of Jesus? And, and I look at these three passages here, and I'm like, man, something happens. Something happens when I put on the robe of humility. I said, man, I just got to sit at the feet of Jesus. Go back with me to the book of Ruth, chapter 8. To me, you know what it's talking about here? It's not just the, the robe of gratitude. It's the robe of honor. It's the robe of humility. It says, man, 
I'm going to bow. And you know that the Bible scripture says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to Jesus. That will happen. Ruth chapter 3. We pick back up where we left off. Verse 8. And it happened at midnight. Now, this is another one of those ones that make me go, hmm. And it happened at midnight. I don't know if you've ever really looked at Scripture before and seen how many things occur at midnight. Exodus 12, it was the Passover lamb when the spirit of death came. And do you know when the spirit of death came? Midnight. Midnight. Acts 16, there were two guys, one named Paul and another named Silas. They were thrown in jail. And while in jail, they were praising and worshiping God. And the Bible says, and about midnight, and about midnight, how about this one? Uh, the parable of the virgins in Matthew 25. Five were ready, five were, and, and Jesus came. You know what he came? About midnight. So you know what midnight is to me? Midnight often is when we least expect it. Or it's at the end of the day that many of us are thinking, man, midnight is the end of this day, the start of this, and so we don't have a thought that, man, don't give up either around midnight. Hang out at midnight with Jesus. And so he goes on to say, it was about midnight that the man was startled and he turned himself and there a woman was lying at his feet. That would startle you. And he said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Some translations will literally say this, you are the family redeemer. You are the one that will repurchase us, that will buy us back. Then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter. Now, this was a woman who was at his feet. And right there when she's at his feet, he pronounces a blessing over her. Right there. And you get at the feet. Watch what happens. For you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, and that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. Your heart was right. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. Now, this guy was going to be her redeemer. I will do for you all you request. You know what that is? That's favor at its best. I'll do for you all that you request. Psalm 512, God blesses his righteous and his favor surround you like a shield. I will do for you all you request for the people of my town. They know that you are a virtuous woman, that you are a morally excellent woman. A Proverbs 31 woman, Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10, it talks about the virtuous woman or the virtuous wife. And when I read this right here, it says specifically, for they have known, they know that you are a virtuous woman. Now let me ask you this, 
seen her faithfulness. They had seen her dedication. They had seen her commitment. I tell you. And God begins to move. God will move. Verse 12. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night in the morning. It shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. He makes an oath there and he says, as the Lord lives, I'll be the redeemer. If that other relative's not going to purchase you guys back, then I'll do it. Lie down until morning. So she, look at this, she lay at his feet until morning and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. You know why he said this right here, do not let it be known? To avoid any possibility of a misunderstanding. You know what this is right here? This is 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Abstain from every form of evil. And so he was protecting her. In other words, he was saying, I don't want anybody to think something was going on here. Verse 15. Also he said, bring the shawl or the garment or the cloak that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of bare barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. And we go back and we look in her life. Remember when she first got there? She went into the fields to glean. And she just got enough to make it. She had just enough to make it. And she went back home and gave that little bit to her mother-in-law. And then before long, remember, he told the gleaners, he said, purposely drop some on the ground and let her have some more. And then this time, he gives her these ephahs, and when I studied that, this was between 80 and 100 pounds. Some translation says he loaded her down. He had her so loaded in that shawl or that cloak, she couldn't get any more in there. Now, why did that happen? Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So I go back and look in Ruth's life. It will be given back to you. Good measure. You know what good measure is? You just got enough. It's 30-fold. But when I'm faithful with that 30-fold, then it'll go to not only good measure, but press down and shake it together. You know what that means? That's not just enough. Now you got some left over. And you know what good measure, press down and shake it together means? Have you ever bought a box of cereal and you shake that and you think, it's only half full. It settles. That's the 60-fold. But this time, because of this woman's faithfulness, because God blesses his righteous 
any papers you'd like to share. He said, I'm going to load you up. I'm going to load you up where it's not just good measure pressed down and shaken together. Now you're at a place in your life. It's running over. It is running over. And so I go back and I look at this woman. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Think about the little stuff. Where she was, and I don't know the total time frame, but I know it wasn't that long because it was all during the season of harvest. But this woman, when she first started, she got up and she went to the fields. And she did what she knew to do. And she kept on and she kept on. And I encourage you, just keep giving to God and keep honoring God and keep doing everything you know to do. God will bless you. But the thing is, you got to understand, you've got to start at the good measure, the 30-fold, before you get to the 100-fold. See, we, we live in a society right now, we, we don't want to start here. We, we want to start up here. That's not how it is with the kingdom of God. And so God says this, even with the root, when you're faithful with the little, I'll move you to more. And guess what God says? That's my boy. That's my girl. Look at him. And he moves us to more. He moves us to more. But the thing about this tonight is this. This was a woman who was from Moab. She was a Moab. She was a sinner. But yet God noticed her. And I say that to every one of us in this room. I don't care what your past is. God doesn't care what your past is. He's got a future for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to favor us. And I go back into my life. I mean, one of the jobs I had when I started out, the, the, the low man on the totem pole, you were what you called a meter reader. And you know what they would do on days? It was a blizzard like these last few days. They'd pat you on the back and say, see you in four hours. You'd look and say, we're going. Yeah, you're going to work in this. But when you prove yourself faithful in that, God will keep you. He'll keep motivating or moving you. He'll keep promoting you. Don't, don't look to man to, uh, to, to, to promote you. Let God promote you. And so I see this with this woman right here. And the great thing is this. This is uh, Acts 10, 34. God's no respecter of persons. So when I read all those stories right there, if God did this for Ruth, he'll do it for you. I don't care if you've got a huge letter jacket with sin all over, just like the woman in Luke 7. Oh, Jesus, come on. Come on. Come on. Just stand on your feet here. Again, here's the question. When's the last time you've been to the of Jesus? Responded. And I, I sense the Lord like, don't, don't give up. 
focused yet. And, and all of a sudden, this, this little guy comes down this aisle right here. And I think he's a seventh grader. And he stops right here. And I look and I, I said to him, do you want to give your heart to Jesus? And he said, I want to rededicate. And he said, I've done a lot of bad things. Seventh grader. I've done a lot of bad things. And he, he said with tears. I mean, he, he was boo-hooing. I, I love to have stains on my shirt from tears. Do you know why he had this love? I'm not leaving today until I get right with Jesus. And he had this love. I, I, don't, I don't care what anybody in here thinks or sees. I'm, I'm coming to Jesus. And I believe that's where we got to get. We're not trying to win a popularity contest here. I, I just want to be right with Jesus. Just bow your head, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. salvation for the remission of sin. We thank you tonight that our God loves people. We thank you that the Lord and Savior, he died for the Jew, the Gentile. He died for the male, the female. He died for the red, yellow, black, white, brown, the black sheep, the white sheep, the swirl sheep. And we just thank you, Father God, that you welcome us just to come as you are. And so, Lord, I pray a grace in here, Father God, that we sit at the feet of Jesus this, this week. And Lord, I pray as we come to your feet that we get a taste and see that the Lord is good. And Lord, I pray your blessings right now. Move with them once. Grace wants to not give up even in the midnight hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.